Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. The reality that we're celebrating today of God coming into the world. It's the new creation. It's the new possibility. If this is true, if God has truly come to us in Jesus Christ, then everything else has changed. Did you notice in this morning's story, it's, it really stands out in some ways um, with the way the Gospels often read, the kind of specificity and particularity. It's in the sixth month. We get the name of the angel, Gabriel. We get, we get the, the, the angel's name somewhat in Scripture, but a lot of times we don't get that kind of specificity. And this angel, Gabriel, comes to a particular place, Nazareth. It's a town in a particular region, Galilee. There's a virgin who's pledged to be married to a man, and his name is Joseph. And this Joseph is a, is a particular um, person with a particular lineage. He's in the line of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. I think there's something, when we talk about Jesus' in incarnation, this can be a really big theological idea. And it's a really big word, incarnation. And we can put lots of um, lots into that. But I think if we miss the most simple and ordinary is that God came to us in specificity. God came to particular people, to a particular place. It's the way God always comes. God doesn't come in the abstract. God comes to particular people in particular places with particular wounds, particular scars, particular histories. And Gabriel comes and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And the Bible says that Mary was greatly troubled. Of course she was. As we heard last week, Mary exhibited immense courage. Mary did not cower. But she was troubled. There was surely some kind of trembling in her bones. What would your response be if Gabriel showed up unannounced? God's words are good news, but we shouldn't at all take that to mean that we won't, they won't sometimes scare us to death. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So apparently Gabriel recognizes he needs to start over again. So he backs up and he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. But if Gabriel hoped to calm her nerves, he blew that completely. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. 
It was important that the son of the Most High come from the throne of David. And this wasn't just because the Old Testament prophets had promised this marvelous wonder, and now God wanted to prove himself with a fabulous trick. It was essential that the one who came to rescue humanity be human. God intended to heal us from the inside out. Humanity, our bodies, our physicality, our humanness, is something that God has called good and beautiful. And God will not abandon what God has called good and beautiful. Athanasius, that old church father, said, Christ was made man that he might make us God. More about this at our candlelight service tonight, but suffice for now to say that Jesus, and this is a really powerful theme that we find throughout the New Testament, that Jesus comes to us as a new Adam. So Corinthians says that in Adam all die, but in Christ all come alive. Romans says, just as sin and death entered the world through one man, Adam, how much more did God's grace and the gift of abundant life come by that one man, Jesus Christ, overflowing to many? What Adam, our human father, was unable to do, be obedient to God, fulfill his calling as an image bearer of God, be one who offered life to the world in God's name. What Adam was unable to do, Jesus, who is our brother, has done for us. So I said that to say what I really wanted to say. That while Jesus comes as the second Adam, in a number of ways, Eve also arrives in the biblical story as a kind of new Eve, or second Eve. The first Eve disobeyed God, the new Eve obeyed God. The first Eve went glibly along with Satan's lies, but the new Eve questioned Gabriel until she was convinced he was God's messenger. Did you pick that up this morning? She asked uh, Gabriel a question. That seems really wise to me. <laughs> When someone shows up with crazy words and says they're from God, it probably does well to sort of prod that a little bit. But it's interesting when you think about how the opposite was with Eve. She didn't, she didn't go against the, she didn't ask the serpent any questions. She just sort of took what was handed to her. But Eve did, I mean, Mary did something different. As the first Eve was the biological mother to all of us, so Mary is in one sense a mother to all of us because she gave birth in her body to Jesus, who the scripture says is our brother. So you remember all those specifics, Galilee, uh, Joseph, Mary, Nazareth, sixth month. Jesus coming as a particular human in a particular place bringing God to us in human form. Jesus is the final assurance that God loves humanity and has always loved humanity and will always love humanity because God has become human. So to despise or turn away from humanity, God would have to despise or turn away from himself. 
Isn't it a beautiful thing that what God did in becoming human for us is that God bound us to him in a way that could never be undone? So we showed some images last week of, of uh, the Annunciation, and I wanted to show one more. And we just talked about how this one from the Philippines actually sets, this is the Annunciation, but actually sets Mary as a new Eve. She's in the garden. She's receiving the message from God and from the angel Gabriel, but you notice that her look is over the world. She's looking over the creation that is about to be renewed by the one who's coming. And I wanted to show you this one other one. I think it's beautiful. There you have Mary encountering Eve. The healing of what happened in the garden is being healed now by what God has done and is doing in Jesus for all of us. Malcolm, Malcolm Geit has a beautiful poem called Mary. You bore for me the one who came to bless and bear for all to make the broken whole. You heard his call and in your open yes, you spoke aloud for every living soul. O gracious lady, child of your own child, whose mother love still calls the child in me, call me again for I am lost and wild, waves surround me now. On this dark sea, shine as a star and call me to the shore. Open a door that all my sins would close and hold me in your garden. Let me share the prayer that folds the petals of the rose. Enfold me too in love's last mystery and bring me to the one you bore for me. Bring me to the one you bore for me. So in the body of Mary, God arrived. In the human body of human Mary, God arrived. God did not work around humanity, but through humanity. The rescue goes as far as the curse is found. As far as the curse is found, that's how far God has come for us. And church, he has come for us. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.